Have you ever wanted to talk to your pet? Maybe you want to know why your cat doesn't feel good or why your dog is suddenly misbehaving or how to best deal with bringing a new pet into the house or trouble between pets that have been there for a while. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about with my guest today who's an animal communicator. We're going to cover a lot of great stories that she shares. We're going to get some tips on how you can talk to your own pets. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Ronnie Ann Ryan, your go-to intuitive coach bringing real talk to the mystical realm on the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. Feel like the universe or your spirit guides aren't delivering? Maybe you're confused by esoteric lingo or which healing method to try. Well, you're in the right place because who has time for confusion when you're trying to build a business, find love, heal and recover, or leave your partner or job? I'll turn that mumbo jumbo into clear, actionable steps that fit easily into your life. So buckle up, open that heart chakra, and let's cut through the cosmic fluff together, shall we? Good fortune favors the bold and those who aren't afraid to call it like they see it right here on the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. Sharon Warner is an animal communicator who will speak with your pets alive or deceased. She connects with your energy and your pets, plus a spiritual team of angels, guides, elementals, and beings of light to gain perspective and insights about your relationship with your pet, health issues, behavior problems, end-of-life issues, and other important aspects of your life with your pet. Her messages are practical, straightforward, loving, and supportive. She can connect with more than one pet in the same session as well. Sharon loves being able to help people and their pets to live a love and joy-filled life. Welcome, Sharon. Hi, Ronnie Ann. I'm excited to talk to you today, which I say every week, but I, I guess I always am. I love talking to people about what they do, especially in the spiritual realm. To me, it's, nothing is more fun. Well, maybe a couple things. <laughs> I'm excited to talk with you today because I don't, I, I have not talked to an animal communicator and i was thinking oh my gosh how could i have missed out on this who do i know i have so many friends who work with you about their pets and they've told me so many stories i was like i'm gonna reach out to that sharon warner and i'm gonna find out what she's all about and have her on my podcast so here we are thank you so much for letting me share my truths I oh, took your so class much. years ago. You know, when I called you and we were chatting and I and I said, how did you get started? And you said, well, I started with your class 20 years ago. I'm like, what? That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I can't remember who were, you know, who was in my classes 20 years ago, but I taught a lot of stuff at continuing at intuition and empowerment, all kinds of stuff. That just cracked me up. I got the biggest kick out of that. I cannot tell you. With the spiritual stuff, I love it. I loved every second of learning about, you know, how to manifest, getting in touch with my intuition. And I've applied your teachings and expanded it. Oh, my and God. never in a million years ever, especially at that time, did I think I'd be an animal communicator. Wow. Isn't it amazing? All right. So let's talk about that. How did you go from my little intuition class to becoming this animal communicator that my friends rely on when they have concerns about their pets? I had a dog that I had adopted. He he was five years old when I adopted him. He was a beautiful dog, but he peed in the house. He was in housebroken properly. And I hired an animal communicator to help me with this because I don't know how to train dogs. And I tell my clients that if there's problems with dogs, I'm not a dog trainer. So she talked to the dog and she talked to my cats. And I was just so impressed. I'm like, wow, 
Well, I have to know my animals. I have to know what was wrong with your dog. Do you remember? It was, he just wasn't properly house trained and he had a separation anxiety. So I had to step up and make sure he was with either me or with somebody most of the time. And thankfully my parents loved him. I would drop him off at my parents' house if I knew I was going to be away for a long period of time. Because I, I have a day job, so I work eight hours. He would go to my parents' house and that really relieved a lot of it. It was just fascinating to me. So then years later, I was going through a divorce and I wanted to do something fun because divorces are not fun. I don't recommend it. I signed up for this class, the same animal communicator. She had a one day workshop. During the exercises, it was just so easy for me. You know, everyone in the class was struggling, but for me, it was easy. It was wow. like the way she taught how to connect to animals, it made sense to me and it clicked and I just trusted. So then I just started practicing on people that I knew, you know, neighbors. And I was dating this guy who's like, you know, you really have a gift. You should start charging people. And at that time, I really had no self-esteem. I've done a lot now. So now I have much better self-esteem and I feel more confident in my abilities. I started working at psychic fairs. So I learned how to work in a short period of time and what people wanted to, to find out about their animals. And just with your teachings on how to trust your intuition, what I need to do for animal communication and just growing on that, trusting it. My truth is I have to trust my gut. I have to trust the visualizations that I'm getting, trust the nagging voice because it's always right, whether it's with my clients or with my personal stuff. Yeah, I have to go with it. I encourage people to do it. Just try it. Just test it. Yeah. I think I think one of your things that you had us do was to like test it at the grocery store, testing a spice. Should you get this or that? And what what is your intuition telling you? And yeah. like, that's how I like build on trusting my intuition. They might seem silly, yes. but it just, it just built and I trust it. And I, now I really trust it. And I get mad at myself if I don't listen to my intuition because sometimes I don't listen to it. I'm yeah. human. Hello. <laughs> I understand. You said so many things I want to talk about. Trust your gut. I'm huge on that. I have a presentation that's called Why You Should Trust Your Gut. And there are so many reasons, including 500 million neurons that go from your stomach and the vagus nerve to your brain. It's like it really is your second brain scientifically proven intuition people think a lot of times it's so woo woo no it's really a part of who we are but so many people have become completely divorced and separated from it and they think it's not real or they don't want to trust it and trusting it is vital especially the way you're saying it like yes work on those little inconsequential things first because there's no risk if you're trying to decide should i buy this house or this house that's a lot of risk that's hundreds (laughs) of thousands of dollars of risk don't start there right you know start with a spice or temperature do i think it is outside you know that's a good easy thing where it's not going to hurt you either way there's no big decision you're not emotionally invested or attached to it you know those are the things that work so Thank you for saying all of that. And then when you say you have to trust what you get, and I worked at psychic fairs too. I was just doing past life stuff. I was in my little comfort zone and I didn't get a full night's roster of clients or anything. And then one day my girlfriend said to me who was running the fair, hey, you got to be a psychic tonight because it's going to be a big crowd and I'm down two psychics. I'm like, no way. And she wouldn't take no. I'm like, I can't, you can, I can't, you can't, you know. And so I had 22 readings out of 24 slots. 
And it took me two days to recover from doing that. It was, but what I learned was just what you said. You cannot second guess yourself. Yeah. You only have 15 minutes. Right. So get it and spit it out because the next person's coming. <laughs> and yeah. so you have to trust yourself. You can't do that. Should I say it? Should I not? And you know, a friend of mine, her dog just got cancer, which I said, well, let me see if I can clear the energy or see what's going on. Cause I do a uh, soul intelligence is an energy clearing process. Now I don't have pet. I didn't grow up with pet. You no, know, trusting that whole thing about animals is hard for me because I, it's not what I do. But anyway, I was clearing and I got adrenals. The an, the animal's adrenals were on like high alert. So I tried to clear three times and they wouldn't clear. And I'm like, what's going on with that? And then I heard hex and I'm like, hex? Hex is like a curse. Felt to me like she had a neighbor who cursed her dog. And then we talked about it after. And you can curse somebody or animal or whatever without intentionally doing it by going, I wish that dog would shut up forever. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. You that don't energy think there. about the power of those words. So I was so hesitant to say this. What a bunch of nonsense. I'm thinking, how am I going to tell her this? You know, but I'm like, all right, well, she's a friend and she knows I'm a little, you know, over the top. So. <laughs> <laughs> just be brave and tell her because I was really out of my comfort zone. So I said, is it possible you have a neighbor that like cursed your dog? And she said, yes, I was shocked. She said somebody had been complaining to her about how much barking her dog was doing this and that. And then she was the one who told me about the unintentional consequences of our words. And I was like, oh, wow, you have to trust what you get. Now, if you're making a big decision and you get something wacky, all right, do your homework for sure. You got to do all your due diligence. You got to check into Absolutely. things and ask questions or whatever. We're not saying, you Absolutely. know, you're yes. like trust your gut when you're making a big financial decision or something about your life. But And even what I get from for clients I'm trying to get information from their pets. And yes, I'm trusting the information I'm getting. And as far as pets are concerned, I'm hoping that it gives them information on what steps to help their pet situation. You know, if there's an injury, they don't know how a horse got injured. I'll ask the horse. I have an example of a horse had gotten kicked by another horse. The horse told me exactly how it happened. And then its person was able to take it from there and do different types of healing modalities. Now he's 100% better. Oh, That's okay. my goal, taking that information. And, you know, sometimes I see or hear things I either don't understand or don't want to share and just got to carefully phrase it, but I have to get it out. It's not my to keep yes it's yours you are the person in between to create the bridge for communication tell me a couple of stories about what happened that you helped enlighten them about what was going on I asked for some stories because I don't remember I get off the phone and that's their stuff this lady she was helping her friends the husband had surgery and they couldn't have the dogs in the house and so she had her own dog. And so the two dogs, one was a male, one's a female. The male was fine, but the female hated her. 
and she had to watch these dogs for two months. And she was desperate. She called me. She's like, what's going on with this dog? She said that right away, I knew it wasn't her dogs. I mean, that's important. That's part of my connection is I need to know who the owner is, what the dog's name is, and a description. So I usually ask for a picture. It's only ethical. I have to have permission from the people to talk to their dogs. But right away, it was like a disconnect. And so I told her, they're not your dogs. She said, she didn't tell me that. So she said, I was like, wow. I didn't know. I I could tell. <laughs> I impressed myself. Awesome. <laughs> she said that I was able to explain the situation to the female dog, what was going on. That's temporary. And that they were going to go back to their beloved parents. And she said after the session, the dog loved her. They were best friends. Get out. That's amazing. I know. She goes to visit them. The dog meets, runs up to her like it's a long lost best friend. Oh, how funny is that? So then another story, I've helped a rescue with rehoming animals. And this rescue runs a gamut from birds, the donkeys, the cats, dogs. They do the whole thing. And through the years, they've had me talk to an animal, ask what they want in their future home and give them background too because they get these animals from whatever situation sometimes an auction sometimes they're dropped off or people don't tell them the whole truth when they you know relinquish their pets and so I'm able to give them a background and that helps them find she's told they told me that they've found excellent matches for these rescue animals which just warms my heart that's an incredible story. I love that they are open to that and that you can give them the inside scoop on what's really happening and then they can find a good match. That's amazing. It's so heartwarming. I mean, I mean this other couple who had to rehome their beautiful macaw. I don't know if you know macaws are those big, beautiful pair. They did it right. They waited, they interviewed, They and they found the most wonderful couple. But in the whole process... I FaceTime with them, which I don't normally do, but we talk the last session. They were with the new home all together, the people and the, the, the adopters. The bird was ready. Like at first it wasn't sure, but it was ready and looking forward to its new home. They wanted to know, like, how would they know if this bird wants to talk to the old family? And so the, the bird showed me hands, prayer. That's the, that's the thing. I'm very visual. And they're looking all the room like there's like, is it a religious photos? You know, they're like, you know, is it a prayer? And I'm like, no. So the man adopted, the guy who adopted it, he pulls up his leave. He has tattooed these the hands. hands. Oh prayer. my gosh. Come on. So when bird goes to rub the hands. That's when he wants to talk to his old family. That's the sign. He has done it since. And that makes, gives me chills. I'm like, oh, oh that oh is outrageous God. completely. But like, I figured out what the sign was. That's part of the deal is I get these signs and yes. I don't know what they are. Right. And I love it when people can figure it out. Yes. People who tell me what their pets really love, whether it's string beans or car rides or treats. <laughs> there was a dog that had really bad anxiety and they're like, why? What's wrong? Why is he so anxious? You know, we do this and that for him. Well, the poor dog couldn't see. It caused a lot of anxiety for the dog. They didn't know how bad the vision was. Well, they're not going to do vision correction on a dog, are they? No, they can't. But they were able to make changes in their house so that it reduced the anxiety. They understood what was going on. And that that's just part of the whole thing. Just understanding what's going on and having compassion. 
accidents have happened or people where they accidentally, the dog, they got caught in a fence or the person like hit it by accident. And these people have terrible guilt that they injured their animal, carry it around and guilt is not good for us, but they can have some, a conversation and apologize to their animal. And their animal almost always is like, oh, it's just an accident. I'm fine. That's interesting. That's really good to know. They're not holding a grudge against their owner. (laughs) They don't. Animals are 100% love. They truly are. That's amazing. I strive to be like them. Did you ever see this on YouTube? There's a video about a Black Panther and he's called Diablo. I think I've seen him. He was in a South African rescue preserve and he was very difficult. He was aloof. He wouldn't interact with any of the other animals. He kind of hid out and stuff and they got it. This was the first time I ever saw anything like this. So he was talking to this animal communicator. She was trying to understand what was going on. The first thing I remember was that his name was very disrespectful and he did not like being called Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> And he ended up changing his name to Spirit, which was really wonderful. And so he had been distant and angry and all this stuff. And after she talked to him, the owner of the preserve was a man, uh, was a couple, but the man wanted to interact with him. And he came up to the man and the man said how he respected him and he saw him as being regal and all this. Unbelievable. This video was, I'm sure it's still up there. It was the craziest thing I had ever seen in you. It definitely made you cry, but then you're like, was this manufactured? I didn't see the whole thing. But, you know, as time went by and I learned more and more about this, I realized, no, it's real. And he had no one to understand him. And the biggest worry for that panther was he had been in a cage near two younger cats. And he was very worried about them. Oh, yeah. He was expressing his worry and they knew about those cats. So they could, that's unbelievable. Yeah. When I go to Barnes, I'll go and visit and do sessions at Barnes. And the the horses will say, oh, yeah, we knew about what was going on because all the horses in the barn, they all talk to each other. So that's what I thought of when you were telling that story. It's so funny. They're like, I can just imagine a bunch of cackling heads gossiping about what's going on at the barn. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. That's really very funny. Well, I had a Equus coach and she said that she doesn't have the people ride the horses. She just has them stand in, in near the paddock or they can do it on Zoom and the horses are there and she has the client tell their story while the horses are there and then they look at the horses the way they're behaving and they get information about the truth of the story or what's wrong with the story or some misinformation probably how I got to you because I thought let's dig into this a little deeper well horses are pretty complicated I have to say (laughs) out of all the animals I talk to they are funny they have their own interactions and then they have like complex relationships with their people much more so than a cat no disrespect to cats because cats are I love cats but they're pretty interesting characters to talk to the horses When you see movies like about cowboys or you go back even further about the Middle Ages and how they went into battle riding their horses. First of all, I have a very hard time thinking why the horse would go, but I guess they they get very connected with their rider. Yes, it's so important to them. Horses love to be connected with their person. Yes. The horses are super intuitive. That's what I've also heard. Absolutely. Most animals are, but I think because horses are bigger, they have bigger brains, they can process more. 
Oh, that's interesting. And like the big cat you were talking about, he has a bigger brain. So yeah. that makes perfect sense to me. He processed more. I was just watching something like Blue Planet and they showed a fish that they discovered that had learned how to use a tool. And they never thought fish had much brain power. But once <laughs> they saw this fish use a tool to open a clamshell, he was hitting it against a piece of coral. And that's considered using a tool. They were like, hmm, we're going to have to rethink this. And I think they probably need to rethink a lot of things. Absolutely. About. Yeah, they're way smarter than we give them credit for. I should probably generalize because, I mean, not all horses are super complex and intelligent. And not all cats are, you know, not complex. Not like all people, people are. <laughs> We're all different. And right. the same with the animals and the birds. They're all different. Let's talk about animals that have passed away. So I was sitting with a friend. This was so many years ago when I was just kind of starting with my intuition. And I was doing a reading for a girlfriend. We were in her condo. And in my mind's eye, I saw a cat walking around. But I knew she didn't have a cat. And I'm like, why do I see a cat? And she said, oh, I had a cat for 21 years. Or That was a long time. It was her cat. I couldn't believe I saw her cat because I certainly wasn't trying to see her cat. It just came into my field of vision. What have you discovered about animals who have passed on and their owners? That cat, probably that person's guide. If you oh. saw, that's my suspicion. But I have to say that our animals do stay with us. They're just in a different form. As you know, we can't see them or feel them or smell them. But I have found that with deceased animals, a lot of them do stay with their people or they can go like different places in a blink of an eye. Say there was a couple that had shared a cat. You know, the cat can go from one to the other, blink of an eye, oh. or be in the same at the same time, which I can't quite grasp. But that's what they tell me, that um, they do stick around. Then others say that cat, you know, like you said, was deceased for like 20 years. And time is very different, as we know in spirit it's not yeah. like here they'll have another life they'll reincarnate or they'll have i want to say like missions they'll have like a peace mission they'll work with archangels or beings or they'll have their own spiritual family they'll hang with they can come to be with sharon you know in the blink of an eye like you know i could talk about my cat sebastian who's deceased and he's right here now you know, I could see him now in my mind's eye where he, I don't know where he was before, but it's not all the same. I can generally tell you that they're with us, especially when you're talking about or thinking about them. They're right there. They love us so much. Just unconditional, 100% love, just like the humans in spirit. It's no different. It's interesting that you're saying they could be here and they could be there and how could they be in two places at once? There is that theory that there is no such thing as time. I don't even know if it's a theory or actually <laughs> a scientific fact yet, but that they're not admitting. Right. But anyway, and they also talk about how for humans, you could be incarnate, but you could also be in spirit. You could be on earth, but you can be other places at the same time. Then I read a book called something about Oversoul 7. I think it was by Jane Roberts who did all the Seth material. Mm -hmm. And the Oversoul was watching all the pieces that were incarnated. <laughs> so they were all alive. 
at different times, but was all the same time. And one thing in one life impacted another life. So there's so many theories and ways of looking at it that it's not that surprising. And that's why, because time is so different in spirit, they could be anywhere or everywhere. It doesn't really matter. They're not limited in the way we are. Right. What's something important that you want to share with the listeners about communicating with animals? There's a few things I was thinking about, you know, what, what should my, my, my message be? <laughs> I want to be able to help people and their pets bond. And that's what I believe that animal communicators do, that we help each other understand each other better. I want people to know that this animal communication, mediumship, psychic abilities, intuition, I believe it's a special gift that God, higher self, the higher intelligence has given everyone. And I just mm. have just this gift to be able to talk to animals, which I think anyone could do, but maybe we have our own different strengths. Okay. Yeah. I want people to know that animals are 100% love and joy. That's what I, I think I mentioned before. I, I strive for that. I want to be love and joy is right up there. That's what they are. And that's what I think we're supposed to be doing. I mean, things happen, but we need to get back into the love joy mode. I know I sound like a tree hugger. I don't care. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. You can be a tree hugger on this podcast. Right, it's the right channel. Okay. Lastly, I want people to just remember that animals, birds, they're having their pet experience or animal experience, the wild, the domesticated, that we need to be careful not to humanize their emotions. Yes, they have emotions, but we need to respect that they have their animal experience. They hunt, they do kill for their food. They have to live out in the cold. Things happen. It breaks my heart. Some of the things you hear that happen but we need to respect that they're having their animal experience i want people to just think about that before they put their human emotions on their cat dog the bird outside or you know whatever what does that help me understand a little bit more about what that means for example a common one is that people will have more than one pet. So they'll have this cat that they've had for 10 years, and then they bring in this cat. The 10-year-old cat is upset and fights with the younger cat. Now, the person will say, well, but the 10-year-old cat, that's that's number one cat. That one has seniority and has been here forever. And they cats in particular are very territorial. Yeah, They have pecking order. They need to figure it out for themselves. We do not get involved as humans. What we can provide for them is safe places for them to get away from each other, provide enough stimulation, learn to play with them together so they can have a nice, healthy bond. But we can't automatically assume that our human emotions, human thinking, their animal experience that is perfectly normal, that cats and dogs do, they have their pecking order, they have their relationships that they need to figure out for themselves, but we can work with them so that we can all live in harmony. That's what I mean. But don't make assumptions about who's in charge. Right. They, they figure it out for themselves. That's, That's really interesting. And that must go on a lot. I would think... <laughs> That when you bring a new animal in, that could raise havoc. So that would be a time when people really call you too. 
yes, that is a common call. There's definitely a way to do it for transition, but there's tools to make things better. I also want people to know I do not have a magic wand. No, I can't like stop your dog from barking. I can't just say no barking and they'll stop. I can't stop a cat from pooping outside the kitty box just from one conversation. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. It's just like, sounds like humans, right? Yeah. When your pets are doing things that bother you, I guess you really want to understand if there's anything you could do differently to help them not do those. Things. Right. And I've been doing it for 16 years and I have my own animal. So I, I do have tools that I can suggest. And number one, though, is I'm an animal communicator. So I'm going to tell you what the animal's thinking, feeling, what's going on. That's number one. And then if Sharon has some tools in her toolbox that Sharon can share, I will share if they want, if they're open to that information. But I'm not a vet. I'm not a nutritionist. <laughs> I don't sell toys or training. Mm -mm. I'm an animal communicator. Got it. Can you think of like, what's the most profound thing an animal ever told you? Blew you away? I mean, they prize me all the time. Yeah, it's like every week I get a surprise and I tell my husband I'm like can you believe this cat or dog or bird said this to me and but you know at that story with the hands and prayer that's that like was, that's like wow that was me. deep I, I can't believe that <laughs> that, um, that was deep I'll give you that they tell me funny stories like this one cat was telling how it liked to play chase and like, I don't know what they're talking about. You know, the cat's showing me running around, uses the word chase. And the people are like, oh yeah, we have this really complicated game of chase that we do. We chase it around the house and we hide and seek and they refer to it as chase. So when they say we're the, use the word chase, the cat is like ready. They're playing their game. Yeah, that's really <laughs> How interesting. If you're talking to your animal, it's okay because they're actually listening. Most of the time, yeah, especially when it has to do with them. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the same couple with the, the cats and the chase, um, they said that the cat said it was moving and it was excited about moving. And I so I said, well, it says you're moving. And they're like, oh, my God, we haven't told anyone that we're moving. We've just talked about it with each other in the house. And so that's what's like the cat is listening. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, I do know they listen to what's going on. Some are, I, you know, some are more in tune than others. Sure. Some it's just they're into their toys or their treats and they could care less about everything else. But then you have those other ones that are really into their people and know exactly what's going on. And even some who act out because, you know, I recently had a cat. It's very unusual that I have depressed animals. Usually they're pretty happy, but this cat was pretty miserable. And I got a sense that there was a lot more going on in that house that had nothing to do with the cat. Oh. The person couldn't really share what was going on. So, yes, they are affected by stress going in the, on in the house or whether there's an illness with the person or the person has a very stressful job, they're working from home or moving. That's very stressful, as we know. So, yeah, sometimes they're very affected by things in the house, more so than you think. Yeah, I'm sure if there's like a lot of screaming and yelling all the time, that would wear on them for sure. Like it would wear on any other humans in the house. <laughs> Yeah, and like they don't have an outlet. They don't have somebody to talk to, to vent. They have to keep it to themselves. Yeah. So it's always nice when they somebody hires me and I'm able to share 
and take some of the burden off their pets. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Well, wow, there's so many aspects. What do you suggest if people want to start communicating with their pets? Do you have any advice that you could share with the listeners? I suggest people quiet their mind as best as they can, probably when they go to bed, because that's when all the lights are out, electricity's down, and they're more in the receptive mode, I think you would call it. But and really, if any time of the day, I'm only suggesting nighttime because that's usually a quiet time. They can just sit quiet and connect with their pet. They can look at their pet. They can visualize their pet. They can just feel their pet in their heart. I'm thinking about how much you love your pet. You could think of some quirky thing or endearing thing that they do and just see what you get. That's how they typically communicate with me. It's not a long drawn out sentence like you and I speak. It's very short phrases or words or feed me a visual. I, I know that's how my strength. But whatever it is your intuitive gift is, whether it's visual, audio, a feeling, just go with it. Don't question it. Don't judge it. And then... You can expand and ask specific questions and just trust what you get. It's not anything complicated and you might get something you don't want to hear or know. Just be ready for that too. That's kind of scary. That's why sometimes I don't ask my pets questions because they just keep asking for treats and I don't <laughs> want to hear it. We all want treats. <laughs> Sharon, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and helping people understand what it's like to be an animal communicator and that this is available if people need help. Your website is communicatorforyou.com. You need help with your pets and you want to talk to Sharon, that's where you'll find her. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your knowledge and wisdom. Thank you, Ronnie. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you for joining me in this sacred space on your journey to clarity and spiritual growth. If you're at a crossroad in the middle of a life crisis or challenge, try intuitive coaching or book an intuitive or past life reading at intuitiveedge.biz. Enjoyed our time together? Please rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend to spread the magic. Until next time, this is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic.